0: You gotta fight for your right to party! You're listening to the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network.
1: Welcome back, everybody. It is the Nosebleed Seats on Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jordan Anderson. With me, as always, my good friend, uh, you know, my brother, Marcus Baker. Marcus, aside from the loss last week, how are we doing?
0: I've been better as far as football is concerned. Uh, K-State got hit hard with transfers and injuries, and then we lost last week, so... I'm definitely ready for a new weekend of football to flip the page in on both my big uh football teams that I follow in K State and the Chiefs. So um yeah, like you said, we lost. It is what it is. But I'm getting hit hard in college football as well. So I'm just ready for a new week and hopefully some rejuvenation and recovery. You know what I mean?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Well, I'm like I said, I'm a Kansas fan, so there really isn't any rejuvenation in And my side of football, but hopefully the Chiefs bounce back, you know, and I think they're going to try that starting off with the brand new signing just yesterday, actually. Le'Veon Bell is a Kansas City Chief. And, you know, I'm overjoyed. I think it's going to do wonders for our offense. Spread them out. You have no idea who's going to hit you. It's going to be nice. And to the fans that are crying about it, oh, we have Clyde. Oh, we have Clyde. Clyde's only on sixty-five percent of offensive snaps. You're not taking away anything from Clyde. Clyde's still going to be the starter. I would almost guarantee you. But quit your damn whining. We got him for one point six nine mil max. Like that's what he can make. Right. That is cheap. That's that's pennies on the dollar. So chill out. Enjoy the ride. We got a nice, nice running back coming
0: in. We barely paid him any more than we paid Lashawn. We paid him
1: less than Lashawn.
0: Yeah, that's true. We did. Thinking back, yeah, we did. And world's a difference in talent. We're at this stage in their career, right? I don't, I don't give. I mean, I don't give anything into the washed up thing. I don't think that's real at all. He had no offensive line. I was reading into some of the uh next gen stats and expected yards per attempt, which is basically for running backs, it's an offensive line stat. He had the lowest number throughout the league in the last two seasons with the Jets. I think his expected yards per carry was like I was it was bad low, it was like 2.3 or something just crazy low and it was the worst in the league. So that goes to prove he has a terrible he's had a terrible offensive line. He had a head coach that wasn't happy with the contract that they gave him and Adam Gase initially when he arrived in New York, and opposed to being a good coach and adjusting and using your best talent on offense besides your young quarterback and getting the most out of him, Adam Gase was bitter, was full of, I don't even know what to say. He just kind of held a grudge towards Le'Veon's contract and treated the man terribly over a money situation that he didn't agree with and never put him in a position to succeed. We know Coach Reed ain't going to do that. We're going to see split back sets. We're going to see a steady rotation of both of them because a guy with this type of talent he can make a difference on this type of team. I mean, we've seen it. We've struggled in goal line situations. Clyde struggled, but he's going to. The man's five foot, what, nine, five foot eight, and only weighs two and some change. I think he's 220, 215, something like that. That's not a lot of size when you're running into a wall of guys that weigh 320 pounds, 315, and the defensive tackles. I don't expect him to be an elite-level goal-line running back. He's a Darren Sproles type of guy to me, but I think in the modern league, that's what you want. If Darren Sproles played now, it'd be a completely different situation from when he first came in the league because... It was a whole different ball game back then. The game was played differently. Having a pass-catching back of that caliber. But Clyde also runs really well. He has really good contact balance, and his vision and elusiveness is great. So you want to still keep that in the fold. But having a guy with Le'Veon size, what is Le'Veon Bell? Six foot one, six foot two? He's about, I mean, he's close to the same weight as Clyde. But there's a size difference, dramatically. That's a guy you want to take the carries at the goal line. And yes, he's not a bruising back by any means but he has great vision, he's very patient, and we have a sufficable offensive line that's going to be able to help him be successful. So I'm all in on it, and I don't think the the off-the-field stuff is realistic. The man held out for money that he deserved that Pittsburgh didn't want to pay because of longevity concern, excuse me. And that's the end of it to me. He got disgruntled because he felt disrespected, and he didn't want to give them his best effort and put himself in a position to have a situation like we see with Dak Prescott and I commend him for that. That's the right choice from a player's standpoint. So not to get too long-winded in it. I don't want to sit in here and talk about that all day because we do have other things to discuss. But my my for final sure. thing is I I like the signing. I think it's going to be a big impact signing. And I just look forward to seeing it. And you and I we've decided I think we are going to go ahead and go to the Jets game. We we yes, secured sir. some tickets here uh, here the yesterday or the day before and we are going to be shout at that out game. To, uh,
1: shout out to Brandon McConnell on that as well, because he uh, definitely hooked us up
0: Yeah, we do the, appreciate on the
1: prices. That. So, appreciate you, guy. And, uh, you know, we'll see you there at the game. Marcus, let's talk this uh, Chiefs-Bills preview. Both teams coming off a loss. Both teams are wanting to get back in the win column. Unfortunately, we are traveling to Buffalo. Uh, so, a little worried about not having home field advantage there. But it was originally a Thursday night game, and it is now a Monday afternoon game, which I thought was the weirdest thing ever. Uh, I think they're playing at like four o'clock. Excuse me. Does that sound yep. right? About four o'clock.
0: Yep, four o'clock central,
1: and that's that's weird to me. I you know I don't really understand it, but anyway, the Bills actually got demolished. I feel like by the uh, Titans. I mean, Derrick Henry made uh, Josh Norman look pretty stupid. Um, If you have not been on social media, uh, I'm sure it doesn't take you long to find a meme or something about uh, Josh Norman getting planted. But Chiefs defense is going to have to step it up in this one. I think they should definitely be watching the Titans game film do exactly what they did. Because they shook Josh Allen, who, in my personal opinion, is not MVP caliber. I don't even think he's a top seven quarterback. I think he's just played some really bad teams and made his stats look good. And last week, you saw a decent team depleted by COVID, by the way. I think they're missing like 22 players from their roster. Made him look like a middle-of-the-pack QB, which I think he is in general. And now we're going to see what he's like when he plays Kansas City. I'm not saying Kansas City is a fantastic defense, but Kansas City will score. So I'm anxious to see if he can keep up with them.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting. If our defense plays like they did last week against the Raiders, we're going to be in trouble. They'll kill this, us. Yeah, this Bills offense is a whole different ball game. They have QB run you have to worry about. They've got Stephon Diggs. They've got vertical Who's threats. top
1: three in receiving right now just to point that out?
0: Right, I mean, they're going to utilize him and they're going to push the ball to him because that's what they have. Then you have Cole Beasley underneath, that's solid, and John Brown to take the top off of the defense as well as Dig. So they've got weapons. Uh, Dawson Knox is a decent tight end. I'd say he's above average, up and coming young guy. Right. And then they have a two-headed monster running back when they're playing well. And this offensive line, I mean, they got guys. Do they have Cordy Glenn still?
1: I believe so. They do have. Uh... Mitch old friend Mitch Morse.
0: Yeah, and then they have uh, Cody Ford, second- or third-year guy out of Oklahoma, who's pretty good as well. So, I mean, the, the offense is a solid group, and then we know what they have defensively. Uh, they took some offseason hits with some losses, but they tried to supplement some talent in there. A little bit more of older guys, but we'll talk about that in a little while. But uh, the defense hasn't looked like Buffalo's defense has the last couple years, but they're still a solid group that can make splash plays. If need be and we don't know what the hell's looking like there's been been some concerns with what like, like we've seen recently with the cornerback group it's been banged up Tradavius uh, Tredavious White's missed some games uh Tremaine Edmonds I know is dealing with some injury right now I don't know if it's an injury or if he's just banged up but a lot of their big defensive stars have battled some bumps and bruises so it's going to be big for them if those guys can't go but I do expect White to play and we'll We'll break that down a little bit because I think he is on my impact player list for Buffalo just with what he's capable of doing. But um, it's going to be a test for our defense and it's going to be a test for our offense because both sides of the ball, I think this is one of the stronger teams we're going to play this season. This is probably the biggest worrisome game for me with the remainder, maybe excluding Tampa Bay because I think Tampa Bay's defense is very good. And if the offense can get healthy and click, they may be dangerous when we play them down the road but right now i mean i'm i'm 100 focused on the bills because if we don't show up to play if we show up to play like we did against the raiders we're going to get blown off the field
1: for sure let's go ahead and get into our impact players Uh, i know you just mentioned it we're going to do something a little different tonight i want to start with the opposing team i want to start with buffalo's guys and then uh you know we'll get to kansas City's. but starting with a guy i just talked about just a minute ago uh josh allen you know I don't think he's MVP caliber, but this game is really going to uh, see where he's at. You know, I think if he plays good, he's going to be in that MVP discussion. If he plays like he did last week, you know, I think he's going to be out of the running for the top five uh, rankings right now. But I, I just don't think he's that good. I think he is a system guy. I think if he was anywhere else, he'd be even worse than, you know, he's played. But I think his advantage is they've played a pretty trash schedule up to last week. And, you know, they've taken advantage of that. So I'm anxious to see what he can do. He's he's my first impact player. Uh, if he plays good, the team will play good. And, you know, the Chiefs will have to battle for it. But if he plays like he did last week, I think the Chiefs are going to run away and they're going to run away early.
0: Yeah, well, Josh Allen, the bit, I disagree with you a little bit. I think he's a little bit more talented than you sometimes like to give him credit for. I think all the physical stuff is there. Josh Allen's biggest issue, and I think this is kind of where you are down on Josh Allen, he's he's pretty poor decision maker. And that's really what gets him to, into trouble, is turnovers. And he's he's improved that, so he's looking like an MVP caliber guy because the physical stuff's always been there. The big throws, the running. If he can get his deep ball accurate and make better decisions, he's got all the tools to be a good quarterback above average, maybe even MVP level, like people are talking about. Thus far, he's done that. But we saw last week against a solid defense, and I watched that game back. I watched the whole game. The difference in that game and the other teams that they played was the job done by the Blitzers in this game. Similar to what New England does, you see it with Mike Vrabel and Dean Pease's defense. It's, It's a little bit of Pittsburgh, and it's a little bit of New England. So they blitz heavy. They do six, seven, eight-man blitzes, but they're very, very good at disguising their blitzes pre-snap. So like as you watch the game, it was pushing Josh Allen into bad decisions because he had no idea pre-snap who was coming and who was dropping. And I think that's going to be a big key for the, for the defense, and I'll break that down a little bit further in my Maker Breaks, but I think disguising your blitzes and then executing once the ball snapped with a guy like this and an experienced, high-knowledge-level offensive line, you can't show them stuff pre-snap. And I'm worried about it because when Spags blitzes, he stacks the line, and everybody moves, and they look like they're blitzing. Even though it may be fake, when they do bring it, it's ineffective sometimes because the line can communicate and the quarterback's prepared for what happens. Right. If we do that, they're going to destroy us on the blitz because they're going to hit their targets in the pass game. We need to, like you said, watch that Tennessee film, emulate what they did defensively, and one of the big things that made a difference was the disguised blitzes and not actually executing a blitz until the ball was snapped. Because Josh Allen, I mean, he got that deer-in-the-headlights look that we saw last year in the playoffs when he just fell apart. When they yeah, I seriously depression. feel
1: like in that playoff game, he was just trying to throw the game. Like some of the throws he was making and some of the decisions he was making, I was like, are you really trying to lose?
0: Yeah, it looked like a Paul Crew job for sure. It really was that bad. It really was, and I think the thing is, the reason he's looked so good is even last year, the talent was there, and the intellect with the scheme was there, but his intellect with making decisions was not. He's gotten better with that. He's become a little bit more mature mentally with the game, and now he's, I think, getting better at diagnosing defense, understanding what he's seeing, and then being able to adjust. Well, the Titans didn't show him anything to adjust to until they were coming at him. So there was really nothing he could do, and he kind of fell back into his old ways. But he didn't play terrible. The score was terrible, but he didn't play terrible. It was just the worst Josh Allen we've seen this year, which the way he's played in previous weeks, that's what the Chiefs have to do. They have to emulate the worst Josh Allen we've seen this season. If they can do that with our offensive firepower, I think we can win the game. But if he's on and stays on, we're going to be in big trouble, I have a feeling.
1: For sure. Uh, Moving on to our next impact player is another guy we've already mentioned. I mean, we've mentioned all of these guys so far, but it's Stephon Diggs. Um, A lot better than Henry Ruggs. So I'm extremely nervous about this one, especially with the way Ward played last week. Now today in Steve Spagnuolo's uh, presser, he did admit that uh, Ward's coverage on that play was his fault uh, because of where they had him and they didn't have safety help over the top. But Stephon Diggs is so good, I think he's going to eat regardless of who's on him. Um, you know, I hate to say that. I just hope we can limit him as much as we can. But I think Diggs is going to have a heyday against our corners. You know, he's always – I mean, he's always the X receiver, so um, it's generally going to be Ward that's covering him. Possibly Fenton. Um, I don't see Breedland switching sides, but it could be possibly Fenton as well. But uh, I don't know, man. Our pass coverage has to be better than it was last week because Rugs ate us alive.
0: Yeah, but. it it was it was bad. Sorry, were you done? No. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Um, it was bad. Tyron played terrible. I think it was Tyron's worst game in a Chiefs uniform. Not close. He played atrocious. I don't expect that to happen again. I honestly think they overlooked the Raiders. I really do. I don't think they were locked in like they were for the Ravens and the Patriots game. I think they overlooked the Raiders, thought, okay, it's just going to be business as usual. And this, like we said, was the Raiders' Super Bowl. I mean, this is a classless organization. It's not a a mystery. It's been a classless organization since Al Davis took the reins, and they've carried that through Mark's ownership. I mean, who takes a victory lap around a stadium of a team that's beat you like 12 times in the last five years?
1: Yeah. And you beat him
0: once. He takes a victory lap. That's so classless. Act like you've been there. But that's a whole different story. I don't expect that to happen next time we play the Raiders because you know our players are seeing the things that they did and firing themselves up about it. But I don't expect that to happen in this game. We've had an extra day of preparation with it being moved to Monday um, on the Bills because the Bills played Tuesday. Right. So we've got an advantage there. Um. I trust our quarterback much more than theirs, of course. I think the running games are about equal. I really do. Especially, I don't know if Le'Veon can play because of all the COVID stuff.
1: He can't, no. He has to test five straight days negative before he can even practice. So, uh, Carolina is where we'll see him next week. Or not Carolina, Denver, sorry.
0: Yep, you're good. Um, Okay, well, regardless, I think the running games are similar. Clyde struggled recently, but Buffalo hasn't had the running game that a lot of people expected. I like Zach Moss as a back. Devin Singletary is a solid player as well, and has got good pass-catching ability. But I think the running games would be pretty equal, and I think it's really going to come down to which defense makes plays and creates turnovers and which pass games play better. I think whichever pass game plays better overall and whichever defense forces turnovers most frequently, I think that'll be the team that comes out on top. And, I mean, you look at the line in Vegas, I think it's Chiefs minus four. So, I mean, we're barely over a field goal, single possession, right, which is way different than what we saw with the Raiders. I think the Chiefs were 13-point favorites in that game, and they ended up losing. Like I said, I think they overlooked the opponent. With Diggs, like you said, he's better than Ruggs. He's better than Nelson Aguilar, and it's not even close. So if you let a guy like that get behind you, it's game over. I mean, we saw it in the Saints game in the playoffs a couple years ago with the Minneapolis Miracle walking off in the playoffs. I'm pretty much a hail mary because if he catches the ball, and he's behind you. He's gone. You're you've already lost. And you're 100 spot on that play where Ruggs had the deep touch uh, passing or touchdown reception. Yeah, Ward was one on one because Sorensen dropped down in to the line and played like a middle, like a zone middle zone. He like dropped opposed to or no, he didn't drop. He like collapsed opposed to dropping. Right. And, uh, it looked like he was supposed to drop, but maybe he wasn't. Maybe the play design was for him to crash. And he did that, but you're right. hundred percent. That's on spags. If that's the case, because it put Ward one-on-one with rugs and Ward's not a hundred percent. He's still coming back from that hand. So he probably cannot jam. Sorry. That was my uh, notification tone. I believe my fault. Um, he doesn't have the hand strength that he would normally be coming off of that fracture, so he probably can't jam people at the line like he normally would be able to. So you're kind of putting a man in in a bad spot having that injury and the type of injury, and then asking him to knock the receiver off their intended uh, path and be able to jam him effectively in man coverage and play one on one. That's going to be tough to do if your hands still sore, for sure. I think that may have played into it, but. No, 100%. If, if they're not prepared for what Diggs can do, because Diggs, he's kind of a jack-of-all-trades. He's a Swiss Army knife-type receiver. He can play the Michael Thomas-type slants and ten and ends and out routes. He can do all those things, but then he can also take the top off. So If I'm Spags, I, I devote a lot of attention to Stephon Diggs the whole game. I bracket him with safety and corner in every possible situation. I think Tyrant can work, and our linebackers can work on on Dawson Knox well enough to kind of keep him in a situation where he's not having a breakout game. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't know. Our safety play last week wasn't good. Our corner play wasn't good. Our linebackers were so-so. Josh Jacobs didn't destroy us like I thought he would. We played the run better than I expected us to. But – yeah, the pass pass coverage has to be better. Or we're gonna lose this football game. It's that simple.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, due to time, we're gonna have to pick this up just a little bit. Uh, but the third guy here, we're kind of gonna transition into our Chiefs ones. We're gonna we talk about them really quick because it's generally the same sort of the same players every single week. But it's the Tre'Davious White Tyreek Hill matchup, and everyone's been dying to see it. It, it was kind of like the Jalen Ramsey Tyreek Hill. Matchup last year, everyone wanted to see it. I personally think Tre'Davious White, when healthy, is the best corner in football. That's just me. Um, you know, I do love his game, and he's he's a standard definition of a shutdown corner. So I do like his game. I think Tyree Kill has the advantage, just because uh, White has been banged up. Yes, he practiced in full today, but that you know that doesn't mean anything. That just helps your injury designation. I think Tyree Kill is going to have a fantastic game. I think he's going to burn him once or twice, and they're going to pay for it. But, uh, you know, that's really all I want to say about it. Uh, Marcus, you have anything to add, just real quick?
0: With that, it's going to be how healthy is White. And if he's healthy, Tyreek's probably going to be shut down. And if he has any early success, they're going to bracket him, because they have – I think their uh, safeties are Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. They're – Jordan Poyer. Sorry. They're both uh they're both high quality safeties. I really like Micah Hyde's game. So I think they'll allot resources to help cover Tyree Kill if he's successful early. So I think he's gonna be neutralized. The game's really gonna rely on the other pass catching weapons. And not having Sammy Watkins this week isn't ideal. But I mean, we still got there's still weapons there. Micole Harmon can make plays, Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle. Honestly, I like Byron Pringle better than Demarcus Robinson in the last few weeks. Robinson's dropped a ton of passes. I wish they would start Pringle over Robinson, but I don't expect it to happen. But, yeah, somebody else is going to have to make plays because I think they're going to neutralize Tyreek Hill if Tredavious White's anywhere close to 100%. Right.
1: Um, And then our next two guys here for the defense, uh, Frank Clark and Tyron Matthew, both had awful games. Um, I wouldn't say this is Frank Clark's worst because we've seen him play pretty bad last season in the early stages. But we had no QB hurries last week, no QB sacks. So, you know, something's got to change there. I I really expect him to try to step it up and, you know, set the tone early. Uh, Tyron Matthews well, and he knows he played bad last week as well. Um, You know, and he's he's too good of a leader to play like that two games in a row. So I fully expect him to come out firing as well and uh, be ready to play.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be very important because this is going to be a mentality game. They're going to try to grind us and wear us down because they do have, like I said, a two headed monster at running back and their quarterback can run the ball and he's a tough runner. He's a big guy. So they're going to have that. They're going to have to come in with that dog mentality or we're going to get ran all over. And then they're just going to use that to utilize play action and destroy us down the field when we, uh, a lot of resources to stop the run. So, we're really going to have to be mentally tough in a way that we weren't in the Raiders game. And that starts with Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark. They're the mentality guys. They're the guys that came in and changed this defense. We're going to need them to be in that head space to succeed.
1: For sure. For sure. Marcus, it is now time. It is the five minute mark left in our show. It is time for Marcus Baker's make or break keys to victory for both teams. Marcus. That being said, time's yours.
0: All righty. Um, similar to what we see every week with the Kansas City Chiefs offense, I mean, it's a pretty much basic blueprint. You score early, make it difficult for the opposition to run the football. That's the best way to neutralize the opponent's running game is outscore them to where they can't run the ball because there's not time. And we saw it last week we got out to an early lead and Gruden continued to run the ball. Most coaches won't do that. Uh, Sean McDermott, I don't think he'll do that. With the pass quality in their passing game that they do have with those weapons, I don't expect them to stick to the run and be stubborn with it if it's not successful. So getting out early and scoring will help the defense through the offense, basically. But the big thing for them is they're going to have to attack the perimeter, especially if Tredavious White is either out or unhealthy because that's going to be our best – option in terms of big plays and this is an offense on the opposition side that can dink and dunk you to death and that takes a lot of time it eats a lot of the play clock and that keeps Patrick Mahomes on the sideline and if you're the Chiefs offense that's the last thing you want so attack the perimeter look for the big play to Tyreek Hill me Cole Hardman downfield but the big thing in this game that we I didn't even really know a few days ago Tremaine Edmonds might be out for this game If Tremaine Edmonds does not play, I expect Travis Kelsey to have a heyday because Tremaine Edmonds is an incredible coverage linebacker and he's very stout against the run. If he doesn't play a part in this game for Buffalo, I would attack the middle of the field with not only Kelsey but also the running backs out of the backfield. Um, And then once you're up big, just try to get this run game going. I really think it would be important, especially if Edmonds isn't playing, to establish the run game in the second to third quarter, chew clock once we establish that big lead like I spoke about in the beginning. Because two reasons. One, you want to run clock, of course. That's common knowledge. But I really think this run game, this offensive line, and Clyde edwards layer really needs some confidence. Coming off that incredible game in a week one against Houston, and then ever since then, Clyde's really struggled. He really has. And I don't think he's broke the 100-yard marker. Excuse me, even approached it since that Houston game. So I think it's going to be a big, like I said, for the Chiefs to score early to prevent Buffalo from being able to run the ball and keep them on the sideline. Um, Attack to Tyreek Hill, force the ball to Travis Kelsey in the middle, as well as the halfbacks if Tremaine Edmonds doesn't play. And then once you establish a lead, maintain it by getting the run game going. For the defense, they're going to, and we kind of discussed this earlier, they got to get pressure early and often to force bad decisions for Josh Allen. And they also have to put a focus. Every week I would put a focus on the run game because our run defense, if you don't put an emphasis on it, is bad. Our tackling's not great. So stop them running the ball and then let your stars work. Let Tyron and Juan. And I think Ward's still a hell of a player. He had a bad week. I think he's beat up, and they weren't prepared for what the Raiders did to them. I really believe that. So let your stars work. Allot your resources to the run game. And our pass rush has to do better. Just rush three or four, drop guys in coverage. Once you rattle Josh Allen, he's kind of like Phillip Rivers recently, he doesn't recover well. And he's going to continue to make poor decisions. When he does that, drop heavy sets, seven, eight guys in coverage, blitz four. If we get early pressure, I think it's going to wear down their offensive line to where four or three rushers can get there. And if we're able to do that and just send four and get pressure, it's going to change the entire game. So focus on that early pressure on Josh Allen to make him make bad decisions. Allot your resources to the run game to limit Singletary and Moss early on so they don't try to establish their run game and run clock. And then guys like Frank Clark and Chris Jones, they have to make an impact. They didn't make an impact last week and it really, really hurt the Chiefs. This week, you blitz. Seven, you blitz six when you're blitzing. I wouldn't advise blitzing a ton, except early in the game, to rattle Josh Allen. But if you're going to blitz, and we saw this with Tennessee like I mentioned before, make them exotic blitzes, make them well disguised. Tennessee didn't show their cards pre-snap, and that's what destroyed Josh Allen's plans once the ball was in his hands. That's what you have to do to a guy like this, because he will crumble if you make him. So get that pass rush, limit the run game. And once your pass rush has affected him, then just rush four. Because at that point, it may only take four to rattle him. Because when you got a guy like Chris Jones that can destroy the pocket, it's going to make him make bad decisions out of fear of getting hit if you've hit him early and often to begin the game. So those are pretty much the the keys for the Chiefs. For Buffalo, on the other hand, and this is this is another, <clears throat> excuse me, broken record situation. You attack the chief linebackers. Because at the end of the day, that's the weakest part of the defense. And every once in a while, the defensive backs will have a bad game, and I understand that. But the weakness of this team is the linebackers on a consistent basis. So use Devin Singletary, use Dawson Knox, attack the middle of the field, and try to move the ball methodically, and then take your shots periodically to Diggs and take your shots to John Brown if he's healthy. I know he missed last week's game, I believe, but if he's in – They've got guys that can take big play shots. Establish your run game. Make the Chiefs fear your run game. Use your play action to move the ball methodically. And then take periodic shots. I think if they do that offensively, they're going to be in a great position to succeed. Uh, For the defense, the Bills' defense really just has to make sure they don't die by the big play. Give the Chiefs the underneath and give them the short run game. Because at the end of the day, you'll take that 10 times out of 10 going against Mahomes. You want to make him be conservative. And if I'm the Buffalo Bills, you rush four, you drop the remainder in coverage. Every snap almost. Because if you, as you've seen, the teams that heavy blitz, like the Baltimore Ravens, they struggle. Because sending zero a cover zero blitz, that doesn't work anymore against Patrick Mahomes. He's too smart for it. It doesn't work. If you can get consistent pressure with four, that's what destroys him. Because seven to eight guys in coverage consistently are going to put him into a position where he's going to run out of the pocket and have nothing to find. That's what you need. You need your four blitzers consistently, or three, depending on what you do coverage look-wise, to get there and then have seven or eight guys in coverage to stop these weapons that are moving around the field. And we saw the Raiders do that. That's really all they did. Crosby and their defensive line as a whole Rushing four guys made an impact, and then they dropped a lot of people in coverage. So once Pat rolled out, there was nobody to throw the ball to. So, and I think that's going to be the key for Buffalo as well. And I think that's the key for every team defensively that wants to beat the Chiefs. You have to drop heavy into coverage at this point in Patrick Mahomes' career and only blitz four guys. Because if you blitz more, you're going to leave somebody open, basically. So those are the keys for the defense for me, and I think if Buffalo or can't, whichever team executes the plan that I laid out, I really think they're going to win the ballgame because usually each week, make or breaks, it's a catchy title, but in reality I think it's the case this week. I think these criterias are literally going to make or break the teams more than any any weeks we've seen in the past because these these teams are high-quality teams, and they're right there with one another. And they match up well. It's going to be a very exciting game, very intriguing game. I'm looking forward to it. I do wish Le'Veon Bell could play, but it is what it is. We'll see him next week like you said against Denver. But I don't know, I'm looking forward to the matchup. I think it's going to be be an exciting time for Chiefs fans, and I just I really want to get another W back in the win column. I think our fan base needs it after the way that the Raiders behave post-game. And this would be a big victory to put on put on the docket cuz this is a team that I do fully expect to make the playoffs and maybe even win that division for the first time in a long time. So give me your uh, score prediction before we get off here righty, my score prediction, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the defenses surprise people. A lot of people are gonna take the over on this game, which I think is like 57 and a half. I'm not going to. I'm gonna say, Ooh, let's see. I'm gonna say 14-21, Kansas City. I think the defenses are gonna show up to play in a way that nobody expects.
1: And see, I agree with that as well, but I think the Chiefs are pissed. And I think they're gonna show that I've got thirty-eight to ten Kansas City.
0: Oh wow. Bold.
1: Bold, I know. But
0: thirty eight
1: gonna... thirty-eight ten Kansas City. I just I have a feeling it's gonna be that type of game.
0: This is one of those games kind of like I felt with with Baltimore. It's either gonna be an absolute nail biter or somebody's gonna win by twenty five. I really think that'll is how it'll be. I think it'll be like my score or like your score. I think it'll be thirty-eight, thirty-five to ten or seventeen. Or a one possession game. I really don't see it going either way. I mean, I don't see it going anywhere in the middle. It's either going to be a blowout or a nail biter. I really believe that. We shall
1: find out Monday. That about does it for us here, guys on the nosebleed seats. seats, uh, Kansas city against Buffalo at Buffalo four o'clock central time on Fox. Unfortunately, oh, I hope it's not Joe Buck, but we'll find out.
0: It is. It's, it's Joe oh, Buck, boy. Troy Aikman and Aaron Andrews. I believe.
1: Well, Aaron Andrews makes it a little better. That's for sure. But (laughs) anyway, guys, that does it for us here on the Nosebleed Seas. Please check out uh, Shop Arrowhead Live. You know, we preach it every week. Good stuff going on. And please uh, listen to the other Arrowhead Live podcasts as well on the Arrowhead Live Network. That does it for us here. I'm Jordan Anderson. With me, as always, Marcus Baker. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time.
0: To the Chiefs' Kingdom. You guys are world champions once again. Woo! Thank you for listening to this episode of the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Go Chiefs!